honesty, passion, experience. It's Timberwolves Explosion, hosted on thesportstuff.com. And now, your host, Paladino Joey. Wigan Timberwolves fans, are you ready for the explosion of Timberwolves basketball? I am your host, Paladino Joey, or Joey Awajan. Timberwolves Explosion is available on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and Double Twist. Thank you once again for joining me on a Friday morning. Back to the regular schedule and all that good stuff. But of course, next week there will be no show, because there's no games to review from now and then at that time. Uh, so... In this case, we'll be reviewing two games and previewing five, five after the break. So we'll preview the five for after the break so they'll be ready to go. It's, we'll be reviewing five games two weeks from now. Very busy schedule, smushed all in together. But a quick little two-zee tier, and the Timberwolves won both of them. So a little bit of good news going on here. And also, Ryan Saunders making the move. He made the move that a lot of you actually wanted him to do. And that was to start old 7-Eleven, 7-Eleven Sarich. And there it is, the title of the episode, 7-Eleven Sarich. <laughs> He's starting, ready to roll with the Timberwolves. And what did he shoot in his first game with the Timberwolves as a starting, <laughs> starting power forward? He shot 7-Eleven. So it doesn't get much better than that. A 130-120 victory over the depleted Los Angeles Clippers. No more Blake Griffin, no more Tobias Harris, who was uh, the return for Blake Griffin. Awesome player on his way to Philadelphia, which looks like a very, very stacked team in the Eastern Conference. We actually already talked about that last week a bit, but yep, that was the trade, and a depleted Clippers team was five games above 500 going into this game. Second place in their division, and they're like, eh, you know, we're not going to win anything anyway, so the hell with it. Let's kind of sort of start over. The players certainly are giving the effort still, but uh, Danilo Gallinari shooting two of ten, that's just not going to help. If uh, Danilo was a little more on, who knows? But at the same time, Minnesota scoring 130 points in regulation. thats This is an awesome game for the Timberwolves. Very, very joyous watch for all of us in the target center and uh, others of us watching during the course of the game. Lou Williams, though, was sizzling. I mean, how many times do you see a guy score 45 points off the bench? That is uh, really something else. Uh, 16 free throws, all of them made. 25 field goal attempts. Well, Andrew, I wish I wish this was Andrew's line coming into the game, but guess what? Andrew Wiggins didn't even play. What? And he didn't play in the other game either, the next game coming up against the Houston Bleepin' Rockets, and the Timberwolves go 2-0. and Hmm. Well, let's leave that alone. I don't think he's that bad for the team, is he? But uh, here we go. 45 points, 25 field goal attempts. I think uh, Lou Williams passed that uh, <laughs> analytic. And he passed the eye test, uh, eye test as well. 45 points off the bench. That's not very common. In fact, it's downright insane. The starters for the Clippers didn't do jack. And I don't even know who this point guard is. Shai Gilligas Alexander? Let's just call him S-G-A. S-G-A. Um, yeah, great. One assist. Well, he's not their point guard. He's a shooting guard. But still, regardless. Um, S-J- S-G-A. Uh, I guess... Well, we're happy for him. Um, Patrick Beverly, we've heard of. Uh, I don't think he got ejected from the game or anything, but he might have, because that's just how he is. He made he had two points in the game. <laughs> he kind of directed the offense as best as he could, but the starters, generally speaking, were awful. Uh, Harrell, Montrezel Harrell, had 18 points off the bench. Shamit had 15 points off the bench. Jamichael Green, courtesy of the Memphis Grizzlies, not too long ago, 11 points off the bench, added seven rebounds. That's a guy a lot of us wouldn't have minded on this team. Jerome Robinson, well, I guess someday he's going to be good, but he didn't do anything. He was out there for five minutes and got an assist, and that's it. Uh, future starting point guard, or starting shooting guard for the uh, Los Angeles Clippers one day, I would hope. Um, no Bob Mute, no Delgado, and no Wilson Chandler, familiar members of the Denver Nuggets and such, not that long ago. Lou, old Lou Aldeng, nice game. Nine point uh, nine rebounds in the game and about 38 minutes for Lou Dang. Watch out. Be careful with this guy. Just like Derrick Rose. You don't want to overplay him. <laughs> but hey, hell of a game. Hell of a game and nicely done. Uh, he shot 50% from the floor. 7-11 Sarge was 7-11. 7 of 11 anyway. 4 of 5 from downtown. 19 points. 8 rebounds off the bench. What a pleasant game. Fun to watch Dario Sarge. He's sharp. He's solid. 
and he looks like the starting power forward for the Timberwolves for the for the for the long-term future. At least I'd hope so. Derek Rose, wonderful return. He shot 50%, 22 points off the bench. He's he's our Lou Williams, I guess you could say. And Taj Gibson didn't lose too much of a step, just didn't rebound as well. Made everything in the 21 minutes he played. Still wanted with 14 points off the bench. So Taj Gibson, the ultimate teammate. What a great guy. What a great guy. Always like up and rooting on the rooting on the boys and all that good stuff. There's no problem with anybody. I, I love the guy. I, I hope the Timberwolves keep Taj Gibson for the rest of his career. Even if it's coming off the bench or whatever. He's a nice veteran in the locker room. He's just got the right attitude. Even though his quote-unquote guy, Tom Thibodeau, is long gone now. Didn't change his attitude one bit. And you know what? Neither has Derrick Rose's attitude changed. So it does say something. That maybe Tom Thibodeau wasn't really their guy as much as they'd like us to believe. Uh, or at least as much as he would like us to believe anyway. Uh, pardon me, I feel a little bit distracted. There's a lot of weird noise going on. As I swear, this apartment always has some freaking maintenance going on magically when I'm doing Timberwolves Explosion. It's ridiculous. It's not when I'm doing Brave the Wild or Purple Mafia. It's when I'm doing Timberwolves Explosion. For crying out loud. But, uh, yeah. Gorgie Zhang lacking in the minutes this week. I bet he's a bit frustrated. Still wound up with a decent game in this one with eight points. And he even got three steals in the game. Solid performance for him, but the minutes are limited and... Oh, boy, he's kind of the odd man out a bit, but it is what it is. Saric was awesome. Uh, Jared Bayless played during a massive Clipper run, apparently. Jeez, oh, one of Clipper's huge runs. He was a minus 25. That is quite an anomaly in a game. The Timberwolves won by 10 points. Jared Bayless, minus 25, returning from a, a brief stint on, on the injured list there, on the shelf, so to speak. Just a, uh, 14 minutes, but was not very good. But at the same time... <laughs> That minus 25 was during a huge run. So this was definitely a game of runs for both clubs. It's That's what happens when Lou Williams is tearing you up big time, but then you still manage to play very well. Lou Deng plus 28. Pretty wild that on the same team, during the same game, you have a player with a plus 28 and a player with a minus 25. That's an urban legend if I ever saw one. But overall, a pleasant game. I mean, if you like offense, this is what you showed up for. This is what you showed up for. And the Wolves had 36 free throw attempts in the game, and they actually made them. And the Wingers didn't damage that number either. Patrick Beverly didn't get ejected, but he got a technical foul like he always does. One of the... <laughs> he is a rugged player, boy. Kind of reminds you a bit of uh, Rajon Rondo a bit. Just not as good. Timberwolves shot 52% from the floor, though. Just, again, fun, fun night for Minnesota. Jeff Teague, solid. He didn't shoot particularly well, but got one of those point guard double-doubles. 10 assists, 19 points. And I don't know, I've liked Jeff Teague an awful lot since coming back from the injury that wouldn't end, it seemed like. Now, if the Timberwolves only could get back Robert Covington, that would really settle things in a nice way. Though I have really, and I mean really enjoyed, seeing Josh Okoge get extended minutes and, well, at the shooting guard position anyway, during the course of this time, where Andrew would generally be playing there if, if Roko, Robert Covington, cove the glove was available. But hey, again, Luol Deng showing he's still got it. He's still got it. Again, so great, great overall solid night against the Los Angeles Clippers. Efficient, didn't shoot the ball too much, shot it enough, and made what he shot, basically. Nice 10-point victory for Minnesota, and 7-11 was a 7-11. Now we play the Houston Rockets, 13th of of February, the day before Valentine's Day. I hope all of you had a happy Valentine's Day in the uh, Western Hemisphere and in the Eastern Hemisphere over in Australia (laughs) and uh, New Zealand, those of you out there that are able to celebrate it. Me, I'm just, you know, obviously it is what it is. Let's leave it alone. Things are going okay. And uh, just, again, busy schedule. We end up usually celebrating it on a different day because of busy schedule. Let's just leave that as is. Uh, Houston shot about a billion three-pointers in this game, and they made quite a few, but it didn't help that they were clanging a lot of their shots. Only 41% from the floor. Open threes were missed, and it definitely helped the Wolves' cause. Minnesota ends up winning by 10 points against the Houston Rockets as well. 121 to 111. Rockets dropped at 33 and 24, but still first place in their Southwest division. Minnesota riding at fifth in the Northwest. Unfortunately, 27 and 30 after this game, um, but a nice solid victory nonetheless. Jeff Teague has a little personal agenda with his old uh, Wake Forest uh, alumnus, uh, Chris Paul. There's a feud between the two, and I love how Jeff Teague played in this game, particularly down the stretch when things were pretty tight. Jeff Teague really got the job done. Wound up with 27 points, 11 and 16 from the floor. Just dominant. Carl Anthony Towns is always awesome against the Rockets, but somehow didn't get the double-double, but an overall Kevin Garnett type of game. 
25, 9, and 5. Not 25, 10, and 5. 25, 9, and 5. So, I don't know. Just didn't get the rebounds, but other guys did. Taj Gibson, another great game off the bench. Almost had a double-double. So, you got to love what he brought. Derrick Rose was solid. Not as sharp as he was in the previous night, but still good job. Uh, Sarich, 6 of 9. So, not quite 7 of 11, but similar type of game. Solid 15 rebound, or 15.8 rebound type of game. Again, apologize if you can hear some of the banging and booming around downstairs. It's, uh, uh, but what are you going to do, right? <laughs> Luol Deng, again, played better than what a lot of you would say, played better than Andrew Wiggins. And that's a theme I'm hearing across the town, that you would take this any day from Andrew Wiggins. Four of nine from the floor, 13 points. Kind of filled up everything. Blocked a couple of shots, four assists, eight rebounds. An entertaining back-and-forth type of game in which the Rockets at times got red hot. But Jeff Teague pretty much stuck the dagger in the Houston Rockets down the stretch. Again, a very close fourth quarter, back-and-forth mono-a-mono type of game with him and Chris Paul. And Jeff Teague clearly the better player in this game. Uh, really, really nice second half by Minnesota. As it looked like Houston was probably going to pull away at one point. As again, they were nailing three-pointer after three-pointer. They attempted 53 of them in the game, which is too much, I think. I, I think that's too much. 53 threes attempted? That's weird. 53? The Wolves attempted 20 and made half, so that's great. Minnesota, again, over 50% in this game. In fact, even better than the Clipper game. And Minnesota needed to shoot well like this. That didn't affect uh, <laughs> didn't affect uh, Mr. Uh, Harden's run, 31 consecutive 30-point uh, games, tied Will Chamberlain's second record. His first record is in the 60s, so 60-something, uh, I believe it's 64 straight 30-point uh, games way back in the day. So that one's probably not going to get caught, but uh, uh, my goodness, 22 three-point attempts by James Harden. He made a good number of them down the stretch, but I don't know. Do you really want your guy shooting 22 threes and 34 from the floor? 34? What is this, his last game? Like Kobe Bryant attempting like 40 shots or something to get 60 points? Is it really necessary or is it kind of silly? Or was it like 50 shots by Mr. Kobe in that game? Fun and everything, but I don't know. I'm surprised Chris Paul's numbers look as efficient as they do, though his shooting was terrible. Getting to the free throw line certainly helped. Uh, Pad his stats a tiny bit, but Chris Paul definitely looks a step slow. He's getting older. He's reaching that point. I think he's hitting the wall. So Houston, if you're going to win a championship, now is the time. It also helps that the Minnesota Timberwolves did not have to deal with my favorite player on the Rockets, Clint Capella. It was Kenneth Fareed who used to dominate the Timberwolves with the Denver Nuggets years ago. Kenneth Fareed rising from the dead with this Houston team. Could be a wonderful addition for this club down the stretch as they look to make a playoff run against the hated, ugh, hated Northern California team. Uh, Gerald Green also shot 50% from downtown. And just under 50 from the floor. Solid game for him, but uh, definitely becoming more of a shooter than a acrobatic, you know, dunker like he was before. Certainly still has the ability, but, you know, kind of honing in his skills as a basketball player rather than an entertainer down the stretch. And that's what had to happen with him. as he was When he was with Minnesota, he's still looking for the highlight play rather than just playing some good, solid basketball. Josh Okogie had a little scary moment with him and <laughs> James Harden. Looked like both of them might have gotten hurt, but also had a pretty nice block on... Uh, James Harden down the stretch. Good, solid defense, forcing Harden into way too many shot attempts because he missed so many in order to get his 42 points. Uh, Harden obviously has a smooth, solid game, but he turned the ball over six times. This was not one of his good games. Uh, again, 34 attempts, I think, is a bit much. 22 from downtown is insane. The Rockets missed a lot of threes in the second half, and that definitely, again, helped the Wolves' cause. Entertaining basketball, but, you know, uh, again... I think a little bit too much. I mean, I, I can't say it enough. 53 attempts? Good for you and everything, but I don't know. I like the efficient basketball on the Wolves' side. 50% from downtown. Again, 23s. Maybe you'd like to see 30. 15 to 30 would be incredible. Uh, that's not how things went, but again, almost 55% overall from the floor. Very, very cool at the end of the day. Gerald Green got a technical at one point down the stretch, complaining about a call that he didn't get, and well... Helped the Wolves cause a little bit in that fourth quarter. Jeff Teague, 27-12, and 12, though. That was really cool. Nice little floater to kind of put the dagger in this club. The Houston Rockets. And Minnesota, 2-0 and against the Rockets. That deserves a, a nice hand. It really does. Uh, very happy with the uh, Timberwolves' performance against these Houston Rockets so far this season. Very, very, very impressive indeed. Only 15,000 people showed up for the game, but I suppose with the weather kind of going all over the place, if it's not snowing, it's super cold, and if it's not super cold, it's snowing. So 
I don't know. Um, entertaining brand of basketball between these two teams for the most part, but hmm, fans uh, fans didn't show up. I do sense a bit of a malaise around this franchise right now, despite the talent on the team that is still very much evident, but a bit of frustration with the likes of Andrew Wiggins and such. would like to see Rokro finally come back from that uh, bruise in the second half here, the second half of the season, even though we're technically past the first half, but it's like the uh, unofficial second half post the All-Star break and trade deadline and all that good stuff. Nice win, though, for Minnesota. Let's pass out the awards for the week. Carl Anthony Towns is going to rein in the uh, <laughs> Lone Wolf Award, or let's call it the Alpha Wolf. I want to give it like a honorable mention again to uh, Dario Saric and, a, and another apology for the Johnny Flynn Memorial, despite the fact he did stink a bit for a while after the trade to Minnesota. I was going to look at his numbers a bit, too. When you look at January, I mean, do you really blame me for giving him a Johnny Flynn Memorial? In the 14 games he played, he, he played about 22 minutes a game, 38%, 6 points, not good. Uh, only 5 rebounds, not even 5. Didn't play well. He just didn't. Uh, his 3-point percentage was 32%. That's well below average. Free throw percentage, a little under 80, so I can't get mad at that. But he didn't play well since coming to the Timberwolves in, fa- in January and all that. Now, of course, he was here well before January, but just saying, he had really dropped off during the course of that month. Uh, February, though, so far, about 15 points a game in the six games. He's shooting 64% from downtown. We all know how long that's going to last. Like, not forever, right? Almost seven rebounds, a couple of assists a game. So he's definitely done a different player of late, especially since that Flynn Memorial he got. He, he must have been listening. No, not really. Uh, and as a starter with Minnesota and Philadelphia so far during the course of the season, 12 points, seven rebounds, 90% from the free throw line, all right, 35% from downtown, and 41% from the floor. As a, as a sub, he's actually shot better, which is funny, but of course the, the, the scoring number is a bit lower. The month of January was not kind to Sarich. So far, February, very, very kind indeed. The uh, Johnny Flynn Memorial for this episode, uh, you know, I can't give it to Wiggins now. I mean, I don't want to be mean to him. I don't want to beat him up. I don't know. I mean, it's nobody really. These are positive little games. I don't know. I'm just, just the injury to Rocco and others. The ongoing injury problems with certain players. I mean, Luol Deng has got even like a, a little bit of an Alpha Wolf award to him this week. He's so good. Carl's like an easy choice, though. Of course, you could even give it to Jeff Teague. I mean, everybody played well this week for the most part. Derrick Rose, efficient. Bayless had a couple of awful games. Do I really want to give it to him, though? Because I thought he did well in the time we, that he was needed out there. Anthony Tolliver's been virtually invisible. I give, in a lot of ways, i got to give the uh, Johnny Flynn Memorial to the front office for not making a trade to get like at least some kind of a little draft pick going into the offseason, going into the draft this summer. I don't know. Why not move one of the veterans for a pick? I'm Anthony Tolliver. You're just wasting him away. Twelve and a half minutes, didn't score a point in this game. It was similar in the previous game. In fact, he played less minutes against the uh, the Clippers. I don't know. I'm kind of frustrated with that. So, we'll take a quick break and we'll get a preview of five games coming up. Wow. Dario Saric, the starter. So far, so good. And we are back here on Timberwolves Explosion, segment number two. Real quick, before we talk about the five-game marathon coming up, Andrew Wiggins, the reason why he missed the two games was because of illness. I didn't even mention that. So for those of you that were wondering, I thought most of you already knew. But just in case, Andrew Wiggins was not feeling well. We'll see what happens at that, though. Hopefully you're going to come back after the break. I'm sure he'll be able to come back by then. That would be quite an illness, and that would be quite scary. It would be even better if uh, Rocco comes back as well. Both of them together would be great. And then you got yourself a full roster to go along with the... Uh, well, the guy that a lot of us saw is a long-term starter, Dario Saric. He's off to a great start as he stretched four for Minnesota. Lots of Eastern Conference coming up. Five of the five games again, four of them Eastern Conference teams all on the road. And a little home game in the middle there against the Sacramento Kings and Target Center, which is never an easy game for the Wolves. The New York Knicks. Minnesota heads to Madison Square Garden. 
on Friday the 22nd as, yep, there will be no show that day and we'll be preparing for the next show basically at that point. MSG, going to be fun to play the uh, New York Knicks, but they are, wow, they've won 11 games this year. They are 30th in field goal percentage, 29th in three-point percentage, 26th in points scored, and 22nd in rebounding. Ooh, so watch out for the rebounding. They're kind of good at that. Not really. Uh, Tim Hardaway Jr. is leading the club in scoring. Dennis Smith off to a nice little start, but they also have Moutier on the roster. Moutier and Dennis Smith, interesting combination going on there. I don't know. Uh, kind of a weird situation going on, but Dennis Smith's off to a good start for this club. Seven games so far, newly acquired since the trade deadline. God, it's been that long already, but I suppose this was a few days before the trade deadline when he went there. Enos Cantor no longer there. Kevin Knox, he's not off to a spectacular start, but good. A lot of you like him, and we'll see what happens with him. Uh, DeAndre Jordan in the seven games he's been there, 11 rebounds. As a New York Knicks center, there's a definite, uh, that definitely has a <laughs> a feel to it. 11 points, 11 rebounds so far for DeAndre Jordan. Um, he's blocking only 1.1 a game. He used to be the, quite the shot blocker, but you can sense he's slowing down a bit as well. Tim Hardaway Jr., though, leading the club in scoring. 19 points a game. Not bad. Not shooting particularly well. Getting there, though, 38% from the floor. Not even 35% from downtown. Dennis Smith, 17 points a game. Point guard for the New York Knicks now. Six assists. So there's some pieces in New York that give them hope, but now they're hoping for a big piece in the offseason, and they've struck out so many times, and you've got this weird owner and all that, and nobody likes him, Mr. Dolan. Uh, I don't know what to say. I don't know what to say about the New York Knicks. I like him. I like the Knicks. I want them to succeed. I think it's good for the NBA when the New York Knicks are playing well. I think it is. Whether if you like him, you love him or hate him, it's good to have him around. Uh, a lot of us that like the Chicago Bulls, the New York Knicks were an awesome rival for them. They really were a physical brand of basketball. And if you hate physical basketball, whatever. Come on, man. You know, you, you got to have something. <laughs> I mean, you got to have some substance to the game as well sometimes. You can't just shoot threes all day. It's good that guys shoot threes and make them and all that. As a lot of us like to do that on our, on our video games back in the old days. Shoot like 57 three-point attempts and Damn, I made, uh, you know, some, some, some days you're on fire, you're unconscious, and you blow the other team out, and it was a lot of fun, and then the next game you get smoked because you've been clanging them all day. So, yeah, that's how it was back in the day. And <laughs> our little NBA showdown, 94, whatever, you know, back in the good old days in the Super Nintendo, Sega Genesis, NBA Jam TE, which was even better than NBA Jam, I thought. But um, the New York Knicks right now, I mean, I don't know. I guess Tim Hardaway Jr. and Dennis Smith Jr. would be their two guys in NBA Jam TE if there was a modern version, which I'm sure there is out there somewhere. Um, you'd have DeAndre Jordan mixed in there as well. I don't know. That's about all you got going for the New York Knicks right now is just having a little fun on NBA Jam when you had uh, Leitner and Ryder on the Wolves. Leitner and Ryder. Ugh. Doug, Doug West, when he's when his was good, was nice to have. But uh, two talented guys, Leitner and Ryder, but I don't know. Not as good as a lot of other teams. <sighs> Mitchell Robinson blocks some shots. Obviously, he's got a future in the league, but he's, you know, got a long ways to go, unfortunately. Certainly not putting the points on the board, but he's been blocking shots. So there's something there, something to build upon with Mitchell Robinson. But again, he's got a ways to go yet. Definitely got the talent, though. Definitely got the talent. And uh, so there's hope for the Knicks. But again, it's all about free agency again with this club because... Their drafting is just mediocre at best. Um, nice acquisition in Tim Hardaway Jr., though, in, in not, uh, not too long ago. Uh, he's definitely been <laughs> a wonderful piece for this club. And, uh, well, they're going to need more. Minnesota needs to win this game. Uh, our history in Madison Square Garden has been pretty yucky. But luckily, the last couple of years, Minnesota's played very well against the New York Knicks. The last year, year and a half or so. I like the Wolves' chances in this game. Go out there and take care of business. 11-win club. Don't lay an egg, please. Love to see Rocco back in the mix. Expect a little bit of a, a little bit of a jump for the team if the Timberwolves do get him back. That would really help. A 15-point performance. Nice, solid defense. Luol Deng, I could see being a factor in the game. Carl Anthony Towns always needs to be a factor. He's going to be going up against uh, DeAndre Jordan this time because he wasn't on the Dallas Mavericks when Minnesota played them uh, recently. So... Obviously, no Porzingis, no uh, one way or another. He's been out forever, unfortunately. Obviously, Carl's a big piece. 
I expect guys like Rose to be a factor. I, I think Rose is going to be, you know, he's going to want to show the Knicks what they missed out on, so to speak, or what, whatever. Like Knicks fans that gave him a hard time, this and that. Like, hey, you thought I was done. You thought I was some washed up SOB that you didn't want. Look at me now. I do expect a nice, solid 20 plus point performance from Derrick Rose, uh, as long as he's healthy anyway. <laughs> and he should be. Oh, he, he should be. I don't think he's going to get hurt in the, uh, in, the, in the break, and he better not. Man, they're 31 and a half games behind Toronto. That's how awful the Knicks are. Ah, Philip Brown, I feel for you out there if you're listening. Courtside faithful, courtside faithful Philip Brown. A very winnable game for Minnesota. Timberwolves win. Uh, Let's go with the, uh, let's look at the best five games really quick. Detroit beat the Knicks on the, uh, in in Detroit by 17, 120-103. The Toronto, man, a lot of people play Toronto well, don't they? The Knicks only lose by five, but it was a home game in Madison Square Garden. The Knicks lost at Cleveland, 107-104. Whew. The battle of the bad there. Got creamed by Philadelphia by 15 at home in MSG. And then the Knicks beat the Hawks, which will be one of the later opponents in this upcoming week. Yesterday, happy Valentine's Day, Knicks fans, on the road. So a not happy Valentine's Day in Hotlanta. Not at all. Um, 15-point loss for Hotlanta at home. Then the, And they host the Wolves. Uh, Minnesota's going to win the game. I think it's not going to be a very high-scoring game. It's going to be something like 106-100, 106-98. Uh, keep the Knicks under 100. You, there's no reason you shouldn't win the game, but keep them in the low hundreds. You should be able to t- come out of this one. Maybe 108, 100, something like that. Derek Rose, 25 points. I got a feeling. Uh, Jeff Teague, though, I just I love the way he's been playing. I think it's going to be a lot of Teague and Rose, a lot of guard play to go along with Mr. Carl uh, Anthony Towns. Saric, of course, go, go for 7-11 again and get about 15 to 20 points. Uh, over 50% from downtown. Wouldn't that be great? That'd be a wonderful, wonderful help for Minnesota to beat the New York Knicks. I do expect Sarge to continue his stellar play as well. Sometimes breaks are bad, though, when, when players are playing well. You just hope it doesn't hurt them. Knock on wood there. Like, you know, it doesn't hurt the run. Minnesota wins the 108-100 over Phillip Brown's New York Knicks. As now, we continue to move forward to play against the Milwaukee Bucks. Oh, boy. Giannis is coming. Nope, yep, we're, we're coming to him anyway. Fear the deer. Fear the deer, folks. Fear the bleeping deer. That is a mean-looking deer, isn't it? That Bucks logo. Uh, looks like he's wearing a tuxedo, too, but he's not. Um, they're going to be wearing a lot of tuxedos at the at the White House if they keep playing like this. But, okay, we'll see what happens. Number one in the league in rebounding. Number two in field goal percentage, 18, 18th in three-point percentage. So we'll let that pass. And second in the league in offense. The Bucks are... Kicking butt. And they're only five and a half games ahead of the Pacers, but again, 38 wins for the Pacers already. That's how good Oladipo's club was playing before the injury. Damn. Oh, I feel for the Pacers, man. I'll be talking about them later, but well, the Greek freak is leading in every statistic. Every statistic, he's the MVP of the Bucks. and again, it's like you think about how much this Bucks team would hurt if uh, Giannis just missed a couple games. It, it would hurt him. 43-14 and 14 at the moment going into the break. They'll be playing the Celtics on the 21st when the break ends. The green versus the green as the Bucks look to continue to uh, build a lead over the Celtics. So things are not going so well. But um, this guy coached the Buck, the Hawks to a really good record years ago. Budenholzer, former uh, Mr. Uh, Greg Popovich understudy there. Um, boy, oh boy, Giannis. 27 plus a game. Blocks of one and a half blocks, one and a half steals, six assists, 13 rebounds. The guy does it all. I mean, almost 60% from the floor. Wow. And Chris Middleton's a damn good player, too. And Brogdon has really emerged. Uh, Eric Bledsoe, still a valuable pace. You remember him with Phoenix and, and other teams along the way? He's averaging about 16 points a game. Brooke Lopez has been a nice, solid, stable veteran who doesn't rebound at all. Uh, is a guy who's always been solid. He has his little moments here and there. There's a big drop-off uh, from uh, Lopez to Ilasova. What do you expect? I mean, they're kind of splitting minutes. George Hill's a solid veteran on the uh, coming off the bench. He's nothing special. Uh, even <laughs> Dante DiVincenzo. I'm trying so hard to get it right. Yeah, it's Dante DiVincenzo. It's a toughie. It's a toughie. Mr. Italiano Dante DiVincenzo. Love him very much. Obviously, national champion with Villanova and all that. He's not been a factor so far for the Bucks, but in time he will be. Thon Maker. Uh, well, he's moved on, unfortunately. I would love to have had him on Minnesota, but he's not. Della Dova, the former NBA Finals hero, sort of, for the Cavaliers back in 2015, has been gone from them forever. And 
non-factor with the Bucks as well. But whatever. Let's talk about the main players. <laughs> Greek Freak, Middleton, Brogdon, Lopez, and of course Bledsoe, guys like that. Tony Snell's a nice player. He can hit threes like crazy when he when he wants to. 40%. He's just I mean, this team just puts the ball in the basket. That's basically the story with the Bucks. They are 4-1 and one in their last five games, and for some stinking reason, they got throttled at home against the Orlando Magic. Yeah, it's a back-to-back from Dallas to Orlando. That's kind of tough, but uh, from Dallas to heading home to play Orlando anyway. So definitely a uh, tired team, apparently, 103-83. 20-point loss at home to the Bucks, or the, for the Bucks to the Magic. What kind of a crazy, psychotic game is this? February 6th, 148-129. I don't see any overtime next to that one. Again, they beat Dallas in Dallas, 120-107. to Again, the 20-point loss to Orlando. And then the Bucks beat the Bulls, 112-99. They beat Indiana, 106-97, most recently on Feb 13. They will then, again, host the, the uh, Boston Celtics, and then two days later host the Timberwolves. I don't think the Wolves beat this club. Uh, three years ago, this was a tough matchup. Two years ago, this was a tough matchup. And last year, it was a tough matchup. I don't like the Wolves playing against this team. I think the Milwaukee Bucks win this one outright. Something along the likes of, shoot, I mean, I don't like the Wolves' defense generally. I mean, if Rocco is really, really locked in and has a really solid game, along with Josh Okoge, you're going to need guys like that to really, really bear down. And, uh, boy, I mean... They have to get their defensive game uh, sky high in order to beat this team. They're going to have to hope for everything. And, of course, the Bucks have a crappy shooting night to be tired for whatever reason, bored, not focused, whatever it is. That's what the Wolves are going to have to do in order to beat Milwaukee in Milwaukee. I think Milwaukee ends up winning the game. Now, they've said that word about 15 times. Something along the likes of 120 to 108. I think they win by double digits over the Timberwolves. You're going to, again, need Rocco and Josh Akogi to be spectacular, cover the glove. They're going to need them to have great defense out there and also have a good, solid game. 15 points from Rocco, you know, 10-plus from uh, Okogi. How much time will Okogi get if and when Wiggins and uh, Covington are back? Hard to say, but i got to think he's earned quite a bit of time. And again, we have to remember who the coach is. It's not Tom Thibodeau anymore. So it's not like Josh Okogi's going to run on the bench and get DNPs the, DNPs the rest of the year if uh, Covington's healthy. So that's the good part. Uh, Luol Deng, who knows? Who knows how many minutes he's going to play, but he's going to get some minutes, I'm sure. Unfortunately, it won't be the same if Covington is back. But will Covington be back? We'll see. But Minnesota does not win the game. Let's move right along here again. Five games, so can't mess around here. Uh, Sacramento Kings at home in the target center. They're three games above 500. One of the best three-point shooting teams in the league. Their offense has dropped off a bit. Their overall game has dropped off a bit. A lot of people would like... Uh, Dave Yeager to take over the Timberwolves if uh, it's not Ryan Saunders that Dave Yeager would be the other guy. Also from Minnesota, of course. Just because they're from Minnesota doesn't mean they're good, but he's had some nice success. This Sacramento team is tough, and De'Aaron Fox is one of the best rookies. In fact, he's about as good a rookie as you have in the NBA right now. He's way up there. Okay, Doncic of the uh, Dallas Mavericks. There's your rookie of the year, but De'Aaron Fox should at least be in the conversation. At least put his name in the hat, you know what I mean? You know what I mean? Willie Cauley-Stein, yeah, that guy's kind of something else. I didn't, I don't know. I didn't like the, the attitude he had towards Sarich last game around. I hope Sarich has a good game against him. Uh, but he healed. He's healed out there. He's healed in whole. 20 and a half points a game, hitting the threes. He's not quite the Steph Curry uh, prospect a lot of people thought he was going to be. Well, not a lot of people, but some of the quote-unquote experts out there put him as. But he's doing well. I mean, he's about 45% from downtown. I mean, you can't beat it, right? 45%. 20.5 points a game, so he is their overall top scorer and all that, and the top player and all that kind of, but I think Darren Fox is definitely the future of the Sacramento Kings. Him and Betty Hill, though, nice backcourt. Awesome backcourt. Harrison Barnes has played in a couple games, 13 points a game so far. Willie Cauley-Stein, obviously he can play a bit. He's a double-double threat every night. Bialica, is he healthy? Yes, he is. He hits over 40% from downtown, about 10 points a game. Kind of a six-man spot starter. I'd rather have Saric. I'm sure a lot of us would, but Bielitsa's done a good job out there. Uh, Saric, Saric, luckily, is younger. 7-11 Saric is a younger player. Schumper's no longer on the uh, Sacramento Kings. He's on the Houston Rockets. Hard to keep up because there were so many trades. Mostly smaller names, though. It wasn't like huge names. Of course, uh, Marcus Gasol is a big name, but an older big name. McLemore is still kind of like around, but 
God, that poor guy. What a big piece he was going into the draft years ago, and he has just amounted to a whole lot of nothing with the uh, Sacramento Kings and other clubs along the way. So, yeah, big shame there for him. Uh, Marvin Bagley's been a solid player thus far for the most part. Yeah, I mean, this team can shoot the three-point shot. De'Aaron Fox is about 37%. Heald is 45%. Uh, Darren Fox is exciting to watch. He's quick. He's athletic. He can set other players up. Bogdanovich is a nice player. It's a good team. Uh, if you're going to win, though, you, I mean, th- this is a winnable game. Sacramento's not playing as well as they had been. They certainly, uh, though they've, they've had a few good games recently, I suppose, super recently, 3-2. and two. They lost hosting the Spurs 127-112 to 112 in Feb the 4th. They got hammered by the Rockets on the 6th, 127-101. Woo! A home game, by the way, for the Kings. They beat the Heat on the 8th, 102-96. They beat the Suns at home on the 10th, 117-104. to 104. Then they had to Denver. A nice long road trip here. Two-point loss at Denver. Not bad, Sacramento. Not bad at all. So they are playing okay. Now they're gonna, then they got to play the bleeping Warriors and the bleeping Thunder. Jeez. So Sacramento might be in for a losing streak. Then they wrap up the four-game road trip in Target Center on Feb the 25th. It's going to be a tough one for both clubs, I suppose. Minnesota will be well-rested, kind of. Not really. They'll be coming off a back-to-back. Uh, New York Knicks on the 22nd, Bucks on the 23rd. So the Wolves are going to get slaughtered by Milwaukee. You better take a chance. Yeah, you better give as much of effort as you can against that Knicks team without uh, wearing yourself out. Don't slack off thinking, okay, this is an easy team and we got to save our energy for the Bucks the next day. No, beat the Knicks regardless. Beat the bleeping Knicks and then hope to God you have enough energy to take care of the Bucks the next day. Hopefully something's going on with the Bucks. They're not focused. They have a crappy game like they did against the uh, Orlando Magic a week ago and see what happens. Take your chance there. Sacramento... Okay, two days rest. <clears throat> no, just yeah, just just a day off. One day's rest. Pardon me, going into that one. Uh, Sacramento, same situation. They'll be wrapping up a long road trip. Will they be just kind of bored and wanting to go home? This and that. I don't know. <clears throat> Will they fold? I mean, if the Wolves can build up a nice, sizable lead in the first quarter and into the into halftime and such, the Wolves definitely have a strong chance of coming out with the victory over this club. The upcoming games here, I mean, they're winnable, but they're, oof, I don't know. The Wolves' history in Indiana and in Atlanta are not good. So this could be a really rotten week. Uh, you got to at least go 2-3. and three. Hopefully 3-2 and two would be awesome because these are winnable games. Knicks, Atlanta, Indiana, and Sacramento are winnable. I just think the Bucks game is a loss. I, I just do. The second of a back-to-back, that just reeks of a loss, especially against the best team in the East right now, regardless of what you think of the Raptors. Oh, Sacramento. I don't know. This is really tough. Do I want to come out on the positive here? And also Indiana-Atlanta. That's a back-to-back. Atlanta-Indiana, anyway. Oh, boy. I don't know. This is really tough. I mean, Atlanta stinks. you got to win this Sacramento game. Uh, I think there's some positive energy with the Wolves right now, and I think the Kings are playing okay. They'll be coming off a really rough stretch. Oh, God. I want to come out of this positive. I think the Sacramento Kings and the Wolves possibly go to overtime, possibly. And it's going to be like a really close game. I think 122, 120, something like that. I'll go with the Wolves coming out on top. If Wiggins is healthy and rolling, he's going to have a good game. He always plays well against Sacramento. 25 to 30 point performance for him. Needs to show up, obviously. I expect a very good, good game from Wiggins, though. Come something of the likes. 25, 28, uh, 6, 7 rebounds, 8 rebound type of game. Four assists, a couple blocks, a couple steals. I, I think he's going to have a stat-filling type of game. Hopefully his efficiency will be better than it has been. And Minnesota wins 122 to 110, or to 120. Very close. Possibly going to overtime. Something along the likes of that. But it'll be an entertaining battle. And Minnesota squeaked it out over the Kings on the 25th, Monday, the 25th of February. And then we wrap up the month with a back-to-back. Atlanta and Indiana, 27 and 28 here. Not the leap year. Boy, it's going to be a fun game against Sacramento, though. Atlanta's 19-39, fifth in the Southeast. Their lower half here, definitely in every statistic. 18th in field goal, 25th in three points, 18th in scoring, and 18th in rebounding. Jeff Teague's former club, he had a real stinker last year against this team. His first game as a Timberwolf against the Hawks was just a real stinker. I expect him to have a significantly better game. Um... Obviously, this is a team that he played with. He didn't like that he was basically pushed out for uh, Schroeder, Dennis Schroeder. 
He doesn't like Dennis Schroeder either. He doesn't like Chris Paul. He doesn't like Dennis Schroeder. Jeff Teague's got some fire in him when he plays against former teammates. He doesn't like some people. Not a whole lot of former teammates on this club, though. This team is constantly changing. Trey Young is a pretty good player. Um, Trey Young's obviously one of the better rookies. 17 points, almost 8 assists, 3 rebounds, blah, blah, blah. Shooting percentage is not good. Really, just over 40% and not even 32% from downtown. In fact, not even close to that. Uh, there's not a whole lot of positive energy with the Atlanta Hawks right now, unfortunately. I, just, I don't know what to make of it. Jeremy Lin was on them before. Now he's kind of all over. John Collins is a very, very good rookie, though. Obviously, he's missed some time, averaging 19 points and almost 10 rebounds a game. Uh, Atlanta's 1-4 and four in their last five. Their only win was against Vince's Lakers, 117-113 on the 12th, otherwise losing 119-101 to Toronto on the 7th. 129-120 against Charlotte at home on the 9th. A back-to-back loss to Orlando the next day, 124-108, both home games. In fact, all these games have been at home. Wow, look at this stretch. Seven home games in a row. Again, they beat the Lakers. Oh, I couldn't have felt good for a lot of my Laker fan friends there. New York Knicks, they beat the Knicks, or lose to the Knicks, 106-91 at home, 15-point loss. Ouch. Hmm. Detroit, they will uh, again, they will play Detroit after the break, back-to-back with Phoenix, and they have to play Houston two days later in Minnesota after that. you got to beat this team, I think. Back-to-back situation. I think the Wolves win this one. I think the Wolves win their third game of this uh, trip, or trip, or whatever you call it, the five-game stretch anyway. Back-to-back trips, little two-game trips that are back-to-back road games. God, that's not going to be easy. It's going to be, you know, I mean, there's just no reason why you should lose this game. Atlanta, I mean, just just show up to play, guys. That's all i got to say. Show up to play. you got to beat this Hawks team. Don't mess around like you did last time. You, you almost coughed it up. That would have been stupid. Um, you got to beat the Atlanta Hawks and come out with a victory. Something along the likes of 122, 124 to, like, 110. 108. Beat, beat them by 10 points. Get the job done. Carl Anthony Towns continue to show up and ha- have a good, strong showing. Jeff Teague, I think, will be definitely a factor in this game. I mean, if he shows up and plays well, I think the Wolves win. If he has a stinker and, and just sucks out there, I think the Wolves' chances of winning are, are less, obviously, significantly. Last time around, again, last year, he just screwed around. It was like two points, and he was just absolutely awful in that game against the Hawks. It was embarrassing. He had, like, how many turnovers? Like, 10? So, we can't be doing that again. Nice, solid performance by Jeff Teague. 22, 11 assists. 22 points, 11 assists. Something along those likes. Solid 50% shooting. 2 of 4 from downtown. 3 of 6. Something like that. And the Wolves end up winning the game by double digits with Jeff Teague having a nice, solid performance against the Hawks. You play the uh, Indiana Pacers. Again, still mourning the, <laughs> mourning the loss of uh, Victor Oladipo. Third in the league in field goal percentage. Sixth in three points. 22nd in scoring. And 24th in rebounding. Victor Oladipo was their leading scorer. But now, the struggling continues. Uh, Bogdanovich. Bogdanovich. 42% and all that. Um, I'm not sure what to make of this club right now. I'm, I'm not sure. Uh, Darren Collison, well, he's going to get the... He's going to get the... It's, his, his his role has increased a bit. Thaddeus Young still rebounding very small amounts. Only 6.4 a game for a guy who I think could get 12 rebounds a game with his size and strength. Dada Sabonis, though, has definitely been a wonderful factor for the Indiana Pacers. Was a nice rookie a year ago. His three-point percentage is great, but he doesn't attempt any hardly, which is sad. 0.3 attempts a game, but he's Gosh, he's, he's sure made him. I mean, almost 60%. Indiana, despite the loss of Oladipo, is still playing great basketball. So a huge respect for what they're doing with that big loss. Uh, Oladipo, again, it's been a long time. Uh, obviously, he's missed a ton of games already. Uh, his field goal percentage wasn't that great, but he was certainly a factor. But uh, nice job by this club. I, I got to admit, uh, the Indiana Pacers have done a hell of a job. Uh, they've added Wesley Matthews, of course. So that's a huge addition considering the loss of Oladipo. So nice addition there. A guy who could play some defense and hit some threes. Three and D, so to speak. Tyreek Evans has been a nice addition as well. He's been all over the league, but solid. Ten points off the bench. Darren Collison, ten and a half points. Almost six assists. He's been, well, he's been the main point guard for this club, I'd have to say. And he's done a good job. But, jeez. Uh, Donis Sabonis, again, a double-double threat every night. He can shoot threes when he wants to, but he doesn't shoot them very often. 
they have done really well despite the loss of uh, Oladipo, which is extremely surprising, and that's why their record is so damn good. I mean, they're four and one in their last five, which is extremely impressive. Their opponents haven't been that great, but still, I don't know what that was on February the fifth, though. One thirty-six ninety-four over the Lakers. Ouch. One sixteen ninety-two over the Clippers. So they beat them. In, <laughs> they beat both of the uh, Los Angeles teams. They're in Indiana. All home games here, though. Again, so six-game homestand. One hundred five ninety. 15-point victory over the Cavaliers on the 9th. Fab 11, 99-90 over the Hornets, and then a not-surprising loss to the Bucks. Like I mentioned earlier, 106-97 on Feb 13. They'll be playing against New Orleans, Washington, Detroit, Dallas, and then finally play Minnesota to end the month of February. This is a loss, folks. This is a loss for multiple reasons. Back-to-back performance. I, I just don't think the Wolves are going to sweep this couple of teams here. If you're going to get a win, you better get it against Atlanta. This Indiana team has done a hell of a job despite the loss of their main guy, Oladipo. I mean, I'm extremely impressed. And I know Oladipo isn't the end-all player, but he's been a hell of a factor since joining Indiana. And they've been a wonderful team since him jo- uh, since he joined. Miles Turner does block almost three shots a game, though, and he's been a nice, nice player for this club for a while now. Uh, 40% from downtown. Can stretch the floor a bit, get some rebounds block some shots, athletic piece for the Indiana Pacers. They still have a lot of talent. And again, the Wesley Matthews addition, very smart move there for the Indiana Pacers. Again, Miles Turner was 11th in the draft a few years ago, by uh, 2015. He has definitely been a nice piece ever since and certainly become a hell of a shot blocker. He already was decent, but this year he is blocking shots like crazy. Indiana is playing significantly better defense this year than in years past like this club very much, and well, I guess they're going to be okay after all. Again, nice addition with Wesley Matthews. Hopefully he'll be a factor. 30 points a game. He's been starting and getting extended minutes anyway, coming into this one. So, Minnesota loses this game at the end of the day. I, I just, again, it's, it's it reeks of a Robert Covington type of game. Maybe it has a big performance, but I don't know. I just don't think the Wolves beat the uh, Indiana Pacers, though. I'm sorry. They like almost never win there, and I don't know. I, I just don't know what to say. <laughs> I kind of almost want to look them over a little bit, but uh, final score, it's not going to be a high-scoring game. Something. I mean, it'll be higher scoring than the old days, per se, but it's going to be something along the likes of uh, 112, 114 to like... I think they beat us by double digits. 114 to 100, and again, it's not trying to be negative. I just don't think we're going to win the game. 114, 105, something along those lines. Uh, Bogdanovich has been such a nice piece. Yeah, 20 points against the Bucks. Uh, Sabonis doesn't even start most of the time, which is crazy. Uh, Tyreek Evans has been a nice factor, though. And again, Wesley Matthews already starting. And hopefully he can kind of get his game in, uh, in year and really help this uh, Indiana team. As Darren Carlson's second stint with the club. Looking a little better than last time. Uh, remember when we thought it was a huge addition way back in like 2011? And he was so disappointing. Uh, coming from the, uh, at the time, they were the New Orleans Hornets. That's what it was. Whew, before they became the Pelicans. And, uh, well, his second stint with the Pacers has been pretty successful, I'd have to say, in Darren Collison's case. Miles Turner, shot-blocking, son of a gun for Indiana. They beat the Wolves at the end of the day. Wolves finished 3-2, and two, though. Pretty solid road trip uh, overall. Uh, four, or four out of five games on the road anyway, and then squeeze one in the middle there against the Kings just barely with a victory. With that, we'll take a quick break and get to fan interaction in segment number three. Should be pretty short, though. back here on Timberwolves Explosion, segment number three, Fan Interaction. Want to thank Vince Germano and Levi Brown for retweeting the most recent episode. Episode 250, really, Wiggins? This one is 7-11 Sarich. <laughs> Starting. Got to be happy about that one. So, I don't think there's any interaction on Twitter, but again, thank you very much, guys, for the uh, retweet. Again, only two games, and it was kind of a weird schedule. Last week, I had to do it on Saturday, so that's kind of how things went there. No comments in the uh, section on the Facebook page. Again, at Wolves Explosion, at Wolves Explosion is the Twitter account. Please 
like and follow that. Interact with me if you could. Would like to get some more interaction on there. The part of that definitely is my own fault. Big shout out to Flips Army. The Flips Army Facebook page. Encourage you to join that. In-game threads. Nice conversation. Trevor Wickerin. Kind enough to allow me to post links to Timberwolves Explosion on that page. So I'm more than obliged to encourage you out there to join that page. And a lot of you have over the course of time. Thanks again, Trevor Wickerin, for that. uh, Facebook.com forward slash Timberwolves Explosion. Facebook.com forward slash Timberwolves Explosion. Want to thank Wayne Hunt for this post. Again, the host of the Courtside Podcast, the Alpha Dog there, the host and creator of the Courtside Podcast, encouraging you to join that. Subscribe, listen to that on iTunes. Of course it's free. iTunes, Podomatic, and Google Podcasts. It would show up on that too because anything on iTunes is going to show up on Google Podcasts. So definitely encourage you to do that. Uh, best basketball show in the world, Wayne Hunt, Vince Germano, and Stu Benson. Wayne Hunt is a Mavericks fan. Uh, Mavericks, God almighty. Memphis fan. Memphis Grizzlies fan. Wayne Hunt's going to love that that one right there. Uh, and Vince Germano and Stu Benson are Lakers fans. They talk all NBA, though. They just throw in conversation about their teams here and there, too. In fact, they kind of tease each other about this and that because there's always something bad happening to each other's teams, so people give each other a hard time on occasion. And then there's something really good that happens and you gloat about it, like getting LeVon James in the offseason. I think I'd gloat about that, too, if that happened. But unfortunately, that groin injury did not help their cause. We'll see what happens at the end of the day. Wayne Hunt says, I know his contract doesn't warrant it. But with the playoffs slowly slipping away, maybe it's time to consider bringing Weekends off the bench in a sixth-man role with a green light. Thoughts? Well, with the way Luol Deng has played as a starter, almost considering it, maybe, because Luol Deng is really, really solid and stabilizing at that small forward position. Unfortunately, though, you got Robert Covington anyway. So, yeah, maybe. Maybe Robert Covington, and, uh, I don't know. I don't know how Wiggins would respond to that. I don't know if he would just shoot even more, like in the small amount of time he's out there, if you know what I mean, like attempts versus time on the floor, that type of statistic, if there's an analytic for that, it would probably get even worse. That would be my fear, that he would get even more ape bleep at the end of the day. That's the one fear I would have, or he would just get even worse about like, uh, you know, woe is me, this and that, you know, how when he's the number one option, Andrew Wiggins is a joy to watch when he's an actual number one option, taking the ball to the basket. But I think Andrew Wiggins' number one problem at the end of the day, he needs to put on more muscle. He needs to get bigger, stronger, feel more confident going to the rim like he did early in his career. I don't know what made him stop. I really don't know what made the guy stop because it's not like he was getting hurt. He was staying healthy those years when he was driving to the basket and dunking on people. So what caused that? I just don't know. Unless it's these unseen ankle injuries or something like that. Guys getting their feet in the way and coming down. I don't know if he's afraid of that, skittish. What the hell? Instead of just forcing up these stupid long two-pointers and like 28 field goal attempts in this game and 25 in that game, and it's not helping anybody. So that's the problem. I was saying whatever it would take to wake him up, but I'm not sure. It might make him even less active. We'll see. Wayne Hunt says maybe taking the pressure off him will help him. Moving him to the bench as a super sixth man might even help the team in the long run. Give Dario a starting minutes and you never know. Then again, you can't teach Hart. No, you can't teach Hart. Uh, luckily, Dario is a starter now, and he's looking great. Dario Sharich, 7-11 Sarich at the end of the day. So, I'm not sure. I'm really not sure what to make of it. Wiggins is so unpredictable at the end of the day. The only predictable part is he's going to attempt too many stupid uh, shots. And, well, no, he's just unpredictable. That's just all there is to say. He's unpredictable. I can't predict anything with the guy, and I think a lot of people can't as well. Uh, in the past, it was like, oh, he really got up for Cleveland, and then that went away. And then, generally speaking, I think he gets up for the Sacramento Kings for some reason, and he plays well against that club traditionally. 25 points, usually, against the Kings, and I think he'll help the Wolves win that game. I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't know if he's going to be the kind of guy who's got the energy bug to come off the bench. Okogi's more of that type of guy, I think. <sighs> yeah, I, I think Okogi's more of that six-man type at the moment, and Maybe an, an eventual starter. I got to think because coming is not going to be around forever. He'll be around for a long time. He might get moved to the bench as uh, Okogi gets better and better at the end of the day. But I, I think Okogi is going to be the sixth man. And you're going to go with, uh, well, you know, Luol Deng will be a nine man, like the ninth man, so to speak. Taj Gibson. It's really tough, man. It's tough. It's tough. Certain, certain guys are going to get screwed when it comes to minutes. Because, like, who's going to be the odd man out? You know, Tyus Jones is going to come back at some point. So. Well, Jared Bayless will probably cease to exist, the poor guy. Derek Rose obviously warrants 
a lot of minutes. Jeff Teague is still pretty good when he, when he plays well. I love Jeff Teague. Uh, Towns is Towns. Duh. You know, Sarich, Sarich needs to get significant minutes. But I say 30 to 32, not like 38 for Sarich. 30 to 32 rather than 25. And then just kind of the 20, 18 to 22 or something like that for uh, Taj. Uh, right now, the sixth man, yeah, like the sixth and seventh man would be like uh, Rose and Okogi. So then that would make Taj like eight and Luol nine. So then what happens to poor Tyus? Like, is he 10th? I guess I guess he's 10th, and after that, that's kind of all she wrote at the end of the day. So maybe you go with a 10-man rotation, which is, there's, there's nothing against that. But And then you got Gorgie Zheng, and good Lord, that is really a tough situation for that guy. Though somebody's got to spell Carl Anthony Towns, that's the thing. So again, I, I mean, I'd say Gorgie's got to at least be the backup center at the end of the day. He's at least got to be backup center, and Boy, it's tough. I feel bad for that guy. And you can't trade him. And, ooh, Taj probably, oh, man, I'd love to have him back. I think he's really valuable for this team. But I don't know. Maybe he just has to, maybe he just walks in free agency. And that's all that she wrote. You're, you're stuck with Gorgie, whether you like him or not. And I do love Gorgie. I don't like Gorgie. I love him. But I don't know. It's it's a tough situation because I love Taj, too. Torn between two lovers. Hank McCoy slash Wayne Hunt. Torn. Between two lovers. Always thought-provoking. I love you, Wayne. I really do. Always thought-provoking. See, look at that. You really got me going all over the place. It's, it's a tough deal. I mean, it's tough. Who's going to play? You can't really trade Wiggins. Training Towns would be idiotic, obviously, unless he's just, you know, good. unless he ADs us, so to speak. Yeah, you know, or, you know, Jimmy Butler's us. AD and Jimmy Butler's us. It's just once out. Drawing the ire of uh, many fans. Just pray to God you don't lose Sharich. I don't think we're going to. He's a restricted free agent, so I don't think he's going anywhere. And I think he's become... I think he's happy here. I I don't see him not being happy. And I love when he's interviewed. He is a he's a cool guy. I I really like him. Um, I have a soft spot for Europeans and Australians. You know, I, I just love you guys. You know, I do. And, you know, Australians especially, though. Just have a soft, soft spot for you guys. I've always loved you. And then... The fact that we all have this common interest in basketball, it just makes it so much, much more cool. Um, I'm not saying it for any silly reason, like, oh, I just love this, I love that. No, I legitimately love you guys. Your, your personality is just spectacular. Your knowledge of the game is great. Um, <laughs> I love when guys kind of go back and forth at each other a little bit. But I'll, but at the end of the day, we're all, we're all just close friends. Even if we don't agree about the Warriors or don't agree about the Lakers or don't agree about... Ricky, Ricky Rubio or Jeff Teague, whatever it is. But that's that's the love of the game. That's the love of radio. That's the love of podcasting. Thanks again so very much. That was a fun wrap-up to the show. Thanks, Wayne. That was uh, more than worth it. More than worth it in so many ways. Tim Rules Explosion. Again, the Facebook page, Tim, uh, facebook.com forward slash Tim Rules Explosion. Please like and follow that. There's the phone lines, the other contact details, 209-736-7877. 209-736-7877. It is a voicemail. Do treat it as such. Mention you're calling in for Timberwolves Explosion to your statement. Shout out, comment, question. I know Pine. It is a three-minute limit because that was an actual voicemail. There's the call now button on the Facebook page. Use that. It takes you to the exact same phone line but through Facebook Messenger so it's free at the end of the day. Regardless, uh, cellular connection, Wi-Fi, whatever it is. So obviously data data rates can apply depending if you have limited data, this and that. Uh, all that so but who has limited data these days well i guess a lot of us do but uh yeah as long as you're on wi-fi it's safer we'll say um and then there's the audio submission route which i highly recommend usually ends up being better quality and you can go longer than three minutes um just use the uh just use the free voice recording application and every smart device on the planet whatever it is treat it like a phone call just hit record treat it like a phone call stop save and email it to paladinolive at yahoo.com, paladinolive at yahoo.com. I will then convert the file into an MP3 file. <laughs> it's usually an M4A most of the time for most phones. Uh, convert it into an MP3 file thanks to Zamzar and Converto.com. I'm more than happy to give those two websites a plug because they give me a free service with a smaller sized uh, file like that to turn it into an MP3, and that way I can get it here in the editing software, in this case Audacity, and off we go. Um, but yeah, you can use your smart device, you can use Audacity, whatever it is, with if you have a microphone and all that, and you're ready to rock and roll. It's uh, easy and all set to go. I'd love to hear from Vince Germano that way, Wayne Hunt, Stu Benson, 
Uh, Tenet Brown, obviously. God, he's good. God, he's good. He's, he is just, he is made for radio. The guy, his knowledge, his voice, his presence. It's just, oh my goodness. <laughs> Tenet Brown is awesome. Levi Brown, you're more than welcome to do the same. Anybody out there that I haven't met or I haven't heard from in a long time? Jules Postorino, Tris Postorino, um, uh, Nigel Southern. Wouldn't that be cool? Love to hear from Nigel Southern one way or another. I miss you out there if you happen to be listening. He's the first Australian I ever met uh, while doing this show. I'd met Australians before, but while doing this show, uh, outside of the sportsstuff.com, anyway, you had Rusty Bennett, uh, man, PMAC, Paul McCann. Uh, man, loves you guys. Awesome show. I, I miss the crossover podcast. New York Knicks, uh, Brooklyn Nets. God, I love that show. Long gone, but not forgotten on the sportsstuff.com. <sighs> sad. Well, wow, we're reaching the hour point and uh, had a lot of <laughs> a lot of uh, reminiscing here in the second segment, but also uh, third segment, pardon me, but also just conversation about the lineup and the situation with the Minnesota Timberwolves going in. Thanks again. Uh, God bless all of you. We'll talk to you in two weeks, unfortunately. So I guess I'm just kind of sad we're stepping away for a week and a half, despite the fact I've just been knocked out lately. So I hope I haven't given you a crappy product. I hope I haven't felt I've been kind of in and out of here doing the best I can. I need to sleep more than I do. That's my own fault at the end of the day. I just can't sleep sometimes. I want to just keep watching this or, you know, watching this game or catch up to this game and this and that. And the next thing you know, it's very late. So... With that said, take care, everybody. We'll talk to you in two weeks. And hopefully we got yourselves a full roster again.